0: Awesome. If you got your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and jump in today. Starting a brand new series called On Fire. Tap your neighbor say, On Fire. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to keep standing if you're able to. If you don't mind, uh, just in honor of God's Word, if you got your Bibles, grab it. And if you want to open it up, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. So I'll just tell you, we just finished up in the book of Revelation, you know, a couple weeks ago. PK takeover. Come on, can we give our kids some love last week? PK takeover. Love them to death. So so thankful for our team and then this week we'll go back to the beginning a little bit we're going to be in exodus chapter 3 we're going to talk today about this guy named moses how many of us in the room have heard of moses come on wave at me if that's you all right big mose what i like to call him all right exodus chapter 3 we're going to be in verse 1 Start a new series called on fire we're going to be looking at fire over the next couple weeks what that looks like and what that means for us exodus chapter 3 verse 1 if you're ready for god's word say i'm ready That's what it says. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Come on, y'all know he's country if he got a father-in-law named Jethro. Come on, somebody, right? I like that. That's how I read the Bible. That's how it works sometimes in my ADHD head, okay? Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement, like any good man does. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, we just look. I'm staring at amazement. This bush was engulfed in flames, and it didn't burn up. And look at Moses, just like any of us. Pro- this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Come on, how many of y'all can relate to Moses, all right? You know I'm talking about, we see, we don't go to it. I love that, Moses. Verse number four, it says this, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. He said, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham. Here's that generational God we talked about last week, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Come on, isn't it good to know that God sees what we're going through? That God hears what our cries are to Him. That that's the same God that we serve then as we do now. And I love that so much. He says, I hear it. I, I, I'm aware of their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, H- uh, Hivites, Jebusites, and Cellulites now live. Come on, somebody, okay? All the ites, everybody. Here we go. Sorry, that that's... And by the way, I am the real preacher. There's not like an older guy coming out next week. I just got to let everybody that's their first time know that that's the... Okay, here we go. Let's keep going. Look, the cry of the people of Israel have reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending who? You. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And I love how God answers it. It's not based on what Moses can do. It's not based on who Moses is. It's not based on Moses' repertoire or his resume or his giftings or anything. Watch what he says. God just says this. God answered, I will be with you. And I like that. And I want to just talk to us today from this idea of starting a new series on fire. The title of today's message is is lit all right come on somebody tap your neighbor say it's lit it's lit it's lit tap your other neighbor say it's lit it's lit one more time let's pray and ask for god to be in this place lord we love you jesus we honor you holy spirit we invite you into this place right now do what only you can speak how only you can in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen 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 one more time if you love jesus let's make a little noise across this house together you go ahead and have a seat have a seat have a seat awesome 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 i want to just start out today by saying we have, uh, we've had this series planned, it's been on my heart for a few weeks, actually probably about two months or so, and we would talk about this aspect of fire and what it looks like. And again, I just want to just start out by saying that I, I, I understand what is going on in the world as well, right? Isn't it kind of wild that we are seeing the power of fire right now, as tragic as it is, the, the power of fire in Maui. Right, and, and our hearts and our prayers are out to the people in the you know of Hawaii and Maui specifically. I mean, there are a lot of people that have have lost their life. There's a lot of people that I, I, that are that are struggling, trying to figure out what they're going to do, where they're going to go. And so, I want to honor that. I don't want I don't want anybody to think that we just came up with this title just like two days ago. No, this has been our heart for a little bit. But I want you to see something. I think there's there's some power in knowing the power of fire. I think there's some power in knowing what actually fire can do and how you and I, if we can get some fire on the inside of us, that we could look a lot different. How many of us just love a good bonfire? Anybody out there? Come on, somebody. I'm a bon- We're a bonfire kind of people at the house. We love to make a little fire with some wood. Come on. How many of y'all like to get the kindling together? You get the sticks in there. Where are my fire starter people at like myself? Come on, somebody. Dollar General, right? Come on, get a little fire starter. And come on, what do you do after that? Come on. Anybody have one of these? Anybody know what these like little flames in, a, in your hand are? Like this is awesome, right? Anybody like these things? Yeah, I love these things. I like, what, would you call, what do you call these things? A lighter? Okay, I got a, di- I got a different just, uh, okay. And, yeah, okay, it's, I, it's a lighter. Okay, this is a lighter, all right? I call it a flicker. Okay, anybody call it that? Just me? I won't say it in the second service. Okay, sounds good. Not a flicker. Okay, got it. It's a lighter, okay. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Y'all told me not to say it, didn't you? Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so I love these things right here, right? Because there's power in my hand right now. Y'all realize that? Like, okay, okay. We got all the wood together. We got the kindling together at the McLean house. We love to sit around the campfire. I got a little fire starter from Dollar General. And guess what? This bad boy right here will light up a fire. And what happens is that fire catches fire and that thing is now lit. Somebody say lit. Come on, that thing is lit. I like it. When I say the word lit, I think, (laughs) depending on the demographic across this room, you're probably thinking different things, okay? Um, I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) If we can be really transparent at church, like, you're probably thinking different things. If you go to the, the, the great resource known as Urban Dictionary, do not go there. But there is a a definition for lit that a lot of us may not understand, okay? The definition on Urban Dictionary for lit is when something is turned up or popping. Come on. All right, so that's, I got to explain to some of our older generation that's at church, that's what lit means when the millennials say it or the kids say it. Come on, somebody, right? It's another way of saying cool or awesome. It's just lit. Everybody good with that? Everybody okay? But but I think, again, if we take the actual literal meaning, there's another lit that we're not going to talk about today, okay? But the literal meaning is if something is on fire or it catches fire. That's literally what the literal meaning of lit actually is. I got to thinking about that. Again, as I look around the world and as we've seen these devastating wildfires, as we've seen what's happening in Maui, I can't help but just realize that fire holds a lot of power, that there's a lot of power in fire. And what this series is all about is me and you trying to understand the power that your life will hold when you live on fire. When you live a life that looks different, you may be thinking, how in the world can I have power? How, how in the world can I live on fire? I'm just an ordinary, everyday, get up, go to my job, care for my kids, do my kind of thing, kind of person. And I want to tell you something really quick. That's exactly the same thing that Moses is doing in this story. That we find this guy named Moses because, again, anybody, one more time, have you ever heard of Moses? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Come on, wave. I I think all of us would understand. Like, we've heard this guy. He's like a big name in the church. Maybe you have grown up in church. Maybe you haven't. But this guy named Moses, so many times what happens is as we read the Bible, we think these guys and gals had it all together, right? Right? We think they had it all easy, that, boy, they were just filled with faith all the time, man, that they could just do, like, they have special powers, like, they could stop water or, or, or move, I mean, just all kinds of things that we think that, like, these people are on a different level than us. But here's what I want to come to you today and just throw out to you is that Moses' life was not picture perfect. Like, let's take a little just trip back in history a little bit about this guy named Moses. I like to call him Big Mo, right? Big Mo, he has a a past if you don't know about it. And first it starts out by him being born as a Jew, one of God's chosen people, during the reign of this guy named Pharaoh. Come on, how many of y'all heard of that that old song? I've seen it all the time. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, baby, let my people go. Okay, that's all the church people in the room. All right, good. But, but listen, you're probably like, what is happening right now? Like, this is your first time, I get it. Just hang out with us for a few minutes. But listen, Moses was a Jew born underneath the reign of this guy named Pharaoh. And the Jews were actually enslaved in Egypt to Pharaoh. What happens is, as Moses is born, Pharaoh doesn't like any of the little babies that are going to be born because he's thinking, oh my gosh, if there's enough of them, they will rise up and they will overtake my power. They'll overthrow us and they'll go out and we won't have anybody to work on anything. So what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh puts out this big decree and says, hey, I want any newborn baby to be, as a Jewish baby boy should be drowned in the Nile River. So what happens is is Moses is just born, his mom is like, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen. So mom gets the brilliant idea to put him in a basket, put him in some water, float him down the river full of crocodiles. Come on, somebody. It was just its a great plan. But by the grace of God, what happens? I love the story of Moses. He's floating in this basket. Little did they know, Pharaoh's daughter's out in the river taking a bath for the day. And guess what? She hears a baby. She goes over. She adopts Moses as her own. And I think it's incredible that literally the grace of God that Moses had on his life, even from the very beginning. We see that happen, and so Moses raises up. Y'all remember the prince of Egypt as a kid? Like, when I was a kid, that's when it came out. That's kind of a little bit, not very accurate, but like a little bit of the life of Moses. Like, this guy raised up as the prince of Egypt, and so in Pharaoh's house, and one day what happens is Moses sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite person, and what does he do? Moses goes over there, loses his cool, and actually kills the dude that was beating the other guy. Kills the Egyptian. So what's going to happen is, is they're going to find out, oh, my gosh. So, so, like, if Moses did that, that's almost like treason, all right? That's almost like, oh, my gosh, he killed an Egyptian that was taking care of something that was, a sl- like, taking care of a slave. No, no, you don't do that. And so Moses freaks out for his life. And Moses, what's he do? He sprints out into the desert. And for 40 years of Moses' life, he lives as a foreigner and a shepherd in the middle of nowhere until one day. Somebody say one one day. One day he encounters the supernatural. Right? And I love this so much because he sees this bush on fire. And like any good man would, he goes over to it and he's like, oh, fire. You know, like walks up to it. And he sees this bush is on fire, and the presence of God is inside the bush, but it's not burning up. So what happens is he experiences a fire that doesn't consume, but rather transforms. Right? And my my heart is that you and I would understand that there is a fire that doesn't consume you, like to burn you up, but it transforms you into who you are called to be in God. And that can happen with us from, from within that burning bush. God calls to Moses and gives him a purpose, and from that moment on, Moses begins to live a lit life. What I want to tell you today is there are going to be five attributes I think we see from this story that you need to write down. If you want to be a person who lives a life that is lit, everybody good? All right, here we go. Number one, write this down. I want you to write it down. An attribute, if you want to live a lit life, a person who's living lit has an awareness about them. There's an awareness that's there. And I want you to see something, that, that, that there is an awareness of God's presence. that you've got to recognize that God is even in the ordinary, that God is in the everyday, that God is in the one days. Come on, one day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He's just doing his thing. He led the, the flock far into the wilderness, and he came to Sinai and the mountain of God. There, excuse me, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses had an awareness. Moses stared at it in amazement. So I got to thinking, you know what, if you want to live a life that's lit, you want to live a life that is on fire, you want to live a life that's transformative, not just consuming, I want you to understand that you've got to recognize and be aware. It was just another day. It was just another day at the office. It was just one day with the sheep. It was just a, an everyday type moment. I, I came to remind somebody, it's just one day with your family. It's just one day on the job site. I mean, it's just one Sunday at church. And so what happens is I think so many times we become numb to the one days that we miss God in the day. And what happens is, is ordinary moments have the ability to create the extraordinary revelations in our life. That Just the everyday, ordinary things have the ability to have the extraordinary, godly revelations in our life. And he's doing the thing that seemingly means means nothing, and yet in the middle of it, he has an awareness of God. He recognizes God, and I think what this reminds us of is that God can appear in the midst of our everyday routines. You just have to make room for him. You just got to be aware of his presence That even in the mundane, that we can have purpose and we can have direction for our life. I don't know if you're anything like me, but so many times in my life I wonder, okay, what in the world? Like, God, why aren't you speaking right now? Anybody ever have that question? Come on, is it just me in the room? Come on, right? I want God, God, why, why, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what I need to do. I don't know what my next step is supposed to be. Am I supposed to go here? Am I supposed to do that? God, why aren't you speaking? And this is what I came to remind some of us today. God never stops speaking. We just stop listening. Right? That's what happens. God never stops speaking. We just stop listening. And I just believe that there's so many of us that have become too familiar with God. That we'll wear a cross around our neck and not remember what the cross even means for us. That we'll we'll come to church on a Sunday and then we'll have the face on, we'll have our life together and yet what happens is we miss the presence of God in the moment and I'm just challenging us as a church, don't miss one day. Don't miss one day of being and realizing His presence is around you and that you and I have the ability to stop and pay attention to Him. There's an awareness about somebody that's living a lit life. I want to encourage you, 21 days of prayer. I'm telling you, 21 days of prayer. Great way for you to turn up the listening, turn down the noise. Reading the Bible every day. And fellas, listen to me. Showing up on men's night this Friday. Great way to get in the presence of God with some other guys. Great way to create this awareness around you that says, you know what, God? I'm aware of your presence. I'm aware of what you're doing. I'm aware that you're moving even in the everyday, ordinary, mundane things. So if you want to live a lit life, come on, crank up that awareness in your life. Everybody good? Number two, I want you to write it down. All, I talked about this a few months ago, but all, A-W-E, come on, y'all remember that cheerleading thing, A-W-E, S-O-M-E, awesome, okay, <laughs> not awesome right now, that's not it, like anybody ever felt like you are the only one in the room, that's me right now, feel that way, like that's it, nobody knows what I'm talking about, okay, cool, that, that's the old cheerleading back in the day, like I would not <laughs> Whatever, we're just going to keep moving on right now. Just keep going. Come on, need some water. I'm sweating. This is bad. Like, this word all has lost a little bit of its luster, right? Because we use it for everything. I use the word awesome all the time. Right? All the, Allie says, yes. All right, yes. Yes, I do. Awesome. Like, man, and I said this a while back, like fish tacos from Burrito Shack. Awesome. Come on. Ooh, I could taste them right now man that fish sauce on it oh my gosh so good okay kentucky basketball awesome college football starting in less than a couple weeks awesome racer basketball going to play back in racer arena one time for the first 20 since in the last 25 years Awesome. Come on, somebody, right? Men's night, awesome. This show is awesome. That car is awesome. That house is awesome. Those shoes are awesome. Everything is awesome. And when everything is awesome, nothing is awesome. And so what happens is we've diluted it down so much that we've lost the meaning of the root word of awe. That awe actually is this feeling and emotion of reverent respect mixed with a little bit of fear. That's what the word all means. In Exodus chapter 3, we see Moses living a lit life. Guess what? He has an awareness, but he's got this all about him. Look at verse 2. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I got to go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, he said. Hey, hey, don't come any closer. You better take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. You need to know who's talking to you. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when Moses heard this, watch how he was filled with some awe. He covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses was in awe. Moses was shocked. Moses was speechless. Moses was stunned. He was like, oh my goodness, I can't even believe that I'm still able to stand here. Like, oh, wow, I, like, that, is, that is beyond my amazement. And again, there is nothing else... In all of creation that you and I should, that should have our awe, that should have our amazement, that should have our adoration, that should have our admiration. But the God of uh, our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible talks about how awesome our God is. And it's how you and I should respond with our lives. This right here, pretty good verse for our church. Psalm 95 verse 1. It says this, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing praises of psalms uh, of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest of mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Come on, can we thank God right now in this place? Can we have five seconds of some awe? God, you're an awesome God. God, you're an incredible God. Come on, that sounds like you're just kind of clapping a little bit. Come on, is there anybody thankful for the grace of God? Is there anybody thankful for the love of God? Come on, don't we serve an awesome God? Come on, let's have a little bit of awe. See, I, I think a lot of times we, we see glimpses of all, which is fine, man. God created that how much more should we have all for God, for the one who spoke things into existence, who holds the world, the mountains in his hands, who told the sea where to stop? You know, you asked that question earlier, we didn't mingle. Would you rather control fire or the water? Guess what? We serve the one that controls both, right? Guess what? That's the God that we serve. Yeah, come let us worship him. Come let us bow down and kneel before the Lord our maker. Because there is nobody that deserves our praise and all like Jesus does. And I think so many times we just become all too familiar with God. And we don't see him like we should. We aren't enamored with how incredible he is. And listen to me, I I just want to challenge us that we would be a people that are enamored with anything and everything uh, that Jesus has to offer us. I think so many times we are enamored by everything that's going on around us and we lose sight of who really matters and who is really awesome. And we need to be in awe of what he's done, what his grace is, how amazing that is, how amazing his forgiveness, his second, third, fourth, fifth, one hundredth chance that he's given us. And he tells Moses, you're standing on holy ground. So my question for you is this. When was the last time you felt like you were standing on holy ground in awe of God? Right? When, when was that last time? When, when was the last time that you've been stunned and in awe of the presence of God. If it's been a long time, I'm going to invite you to say, you know what, God, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you help me know you more? Would you help me recognize, have an awareness of you, have an awe about me in my life? God, would you do that inside of me? And I just wonder, when was the last time your wonder and your amazement in God create uh, turned around into worship of God? And I'm going to challenge you in a little bit. We're going to have an opportunity to do that. We're going to sing a song at the end of the service today called Authority. That on one word from God, things change, things move, things look different. That's the God that we serve. Come on, if we believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place today? <clears throat> All right, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Number three, you want to live a lit life, you got to be available. You got to be available. Available. See, the Bible talks about it right there in verse number four. When the Lord saw Moses come in to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And what was Moses' reply? Here I am. Here I am. I think so many times what happens is is we tell God, use somebody else, as Moses would later go on to say, actually. if You know, go and read it. God, use somebody else. But listen to me. Look at me. God wants to use you. That God wants to use you. And listen, God is not looking for people who are amazing, most talented, most gifted, the best communicators, the most followers on social media. He's not looking for the amazing. He's looking for the available. He wants to see if you are available to him to be used by him. We sing a song around here a lot that is that word, available. Like, am I available? Here I am, Lord. You can have it all. Like you can have it all. I am available to you. My time. My talent, my treasure, my life, my family, my job, my sports team, my classroom. God, it is all available to you. Everything about my life is available to you. Are you willing to put what you have into the hands of God? And are you willing to make yourself available? If you want to live a life that is lit, a life that is on fire, a life that is making a difference, a life that is transformative, listen to me. you got to start with being available. You got to start with just saying, God, here I am. Here I am. You can use me. You can do whatever you want with my life, my family, my relationships, my job, whatever you want. It's all for you, God. Come on, let's be some available people. Come on, let's be a people right now with school start. Man, we're available people. God, God we're available to you. The next thing is this you want to live a lit life? You got to realize that you're called. That you're called. Verse 9, this is God talking. He says, look, the cry of the people of Israel have reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Watch what he says in verse 10. Now go. Somebody say go. Go. For I have called who? I have called who? You, so Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Listen to me. Look at me. You're called. I don't know who needs to be reminded of that today. Don't need to be, I don't know what you walked in here with today, but you are called. And listen to me, your calling isn't just for you, it's also for other people. That, that Moses' burning bush experience led to his mission of leading the people out of Egypt. I want you to see that salvation is between you and God going out. And listen, but salvation, listen to me, should also be transformative where it makes a difference in the life of others. Your salvation should make a difference in the life of other people. It can't save other people. But I'm telling you, you can't meet Jesus and stay the same. And so once you have Jesus on the inside, it should make a difference on the outside and people around you should know a difference and feel a difference being around you versus being around somebody that does not know God. And I wanna challenge some of us today, listen, our burning fire inside of us should inspire us to go out and serve others and to make a difference. You are called that God has a purpose for your life. And many of you may have walked in here today, and the world, the church, a friend, a situation, the enemy, society, your past has called you something. Maybe it was a mistake, or maybe it was damaged goods, or maybe you're divorced, or maybe you're an addict, or maybe you're anxious, or maybe you're depressed, or maybe you look different, or maybe you've done too much, or maybe you're too young, or maybe you're too old, but I came to remind somebody today that you are not what the world says about you. You are not what the government says about you. You are not what the situation says about you. You are not what the past mistake has said about you. But because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross, and because of who Jesus is, you are who God says about you. And listen, we've all had situations in our life that's made us doubt that call that God has on us. But at the end of the day, that's going to end today. And listen to me, because for far too long, you and I have let other people tell us who we are. But the only one who has that right to call you is the one who created you in his image for his glory and according to his word. I came to remind somebody today that you've been chosen, that you've not been forsaken, that you've been redeemed, that you've been justified by Christ, that you've been made new because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, that you've been set apart for a special purpose, and that God has called you, purposed you to do more for him than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Come on, if we believe that in this place today, is there any called people in here? Come on, can we give them five seconds as a praise in the middle of a service today? Come on, you're called. You were called. I think you need to see that. And the last thing we're going to land a plane on this and we're going to worship with some all together. I'm going to invite the worship team up right now. Listen to me. Here's what I'm going to tell you the last thing you're going to live a life that's lit, listen to me. You're not alone. You are not alone. Come on, that's good news for some... A second ago when I was up here with the microphone in my hand singing A-W-E, okay, I felt alone, okay? <laughs> I was alone. I was, I was alone. But I, I want to challenge you with something, is that no matter what you might walk in here with, no matter what you might walk in this place with, because if you have Jesus in your life, no matter the situation that you find yourself in, guess what? you are not alone. If you have Jesus on the inside of you, you are not alone. But God, how? Right? That was the question Moses asked. How? Who am I? God, who who am I to go to the most powerful man in all of the world at this time and tell him to let all of his free labor go? Right? That's really what Moses was going to do. How? How am I supposed to do that But what I want to remind all of us about today is that what he did when he reminded Moses of was that even in the questioning, that even though you may not have all of the answers, even though you may not know exactly what the next step might be, even though you may not know what's right in front of you in this next three months, six months, twelve months, a year, but he wanted to remind Moses, guess what? I will be with you, and he's the God of the promise right, that He promises and He'll be with you. Listen, I've called you. Not only have I called you, but I'm with you, and I'm in you. I love what Psalm 23 is. It's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, right? This, this, this Psalm 23, I love it. You know, it talks about a shepherd, and the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Anybody love Psalm 23? You know what I'm talking about? If you haven't ever read it, go back and read it today. Psalm 23, one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, but Psalm 23 and verse 4, I love what it says is that even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Right? Because here's what I think a lot of us are asking God for a lot right now. God, would you take us out of the valley? God, would you would you remove this from us? God, would you, would you say, hey, hey, like just just if you could, like, take me up and out of it and, like, set me on a, like, me on a mountain. Come on, somebody, right? I don't want to be in the deep, dark valley. I don't want to be in the very, uh, you know, the belly of what's going on around me. Man, I, I feel stuck. I feel like there's no hope. I feel like, man, I can't, I can't catch my next breath. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I think a lot of us, we, we want to be transported out of that valley. But the Bible tells us that even when we walk through the valley, I will not be afraid. Why? Not based on my own credit. Not based on what we, we, we our, our job. Not based on how much money I have in the bank. Not based on how good our kids are acting this week. No, no, no. I will not be afraid even though I'm walking through the darkest valley. Why? For you are close to me. Because you are close beside me. And I came to remind somebody today. God didn't say that you wouldn't walk through the darkest valley without him. He he didn't say he'd take you out of that valley, he would be with you even in the middle of the valley. And I want you to know that you're not alone. In your job, you're not alone. Man leading your family in a godly way, you're not alone. That checkup at the doctor's office that seems hopeless, you are not alone. That semester in that classroom, you are not alone. That infertility that nobody may see, you are not alone. That waiting behind closed doors, living a godly life, living a God-honoring life, waiting for a spouse, you are not alone. That that teenage breakup... That he's broke your heart. Guess what, young lady? You are not alone. That on that ball field, on that ball court, in your family, you are not alone. Be strong and courageous, Deuteronomy 13 says. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. uh, For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He'll never fail you nor abandon you. Come on. Does anybody realize? Has anybody ever had a moment in their life where they realize, you know what, I'm not alone. Even in the battle, even in the dark days, even in the trial, that we serve a God that says, I will be with you, and He's promised that yesterday, today, and forever. Last thing we're going to land on is this. I love this quote from John Wesley. People have said he's said it, people have said he's not. But I love the quote either way. Light yourself on fire with passion. And people will come from miles to watch you burn. And I want to tell you today, I hope you will live a life today that's lit for Jesus. You would live a life that is different. I mean, that you and I would be a people that are different. And that's my prayer for us today. I want people, and I've said this before, I want people that know me but don't know Jesus, want to know Jesus because they know me. Right? I'm going to say it again. I want people to know me, but that don't know Jesus. I want them to want to know Jesus because they know me. How do we do that? We live a lit life, an awareness, an awe. Man, I'm telling you, you're not realizing you're not alone, understanding that you're called and being available to God. If you will do that, watch out. Watch out, Murray, Kentucky. Watch out, Murray State University. Watch out, Callaway County Schools. Watch out, Murray Schools. Watch out, Mayfield Schools. Watch out, Graves County Schools. Watch out, Marshall County Schools. Watch out, Region. Watch out, State. Watch out, World. Because we got a people that are on fire for Jesus in this place. My heart is that that will be for you. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want to tell you today is that day.